Wow. Wow. Did I say wow? Wow. What a first round that was. I am here late in the night after the draft. I've done a whole lot of research and in-depth. And I understand it's going to be quick. Okay, I'm going to try to go to sleep here. Everyone will understand that. All my research I just did within a span of, oh, I don't even know, 40, 45 minutes. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try. Okay. And I have to admit, it's been a while since I did sports update, and I'm not going to really get into that many much sports. I know I could talk about the NBA playoffs, you know, now that the first round is over, the second round is going to get started. If you all have did not seen yet, I did pose a bracket to which I'm going to probably talk more and more about the playoffs as it gets closer to the NBA Finals. Hockey playoffs haven't started yet. Baseball is still early. You know, a lot of good things going on with, like, the Mets, for example, and a lot of bad things are going on. Like, I mean, you would expect that of, you know, a slow start by the Phillies or just a horrific start by Baltimore and Cincinnati. But we're going to talk about the NFL. All the trades, all the picks, everything, right down to the T. And again, like I said, I'm going to try to come across... 40, 45 minutes, all the picks, and also I have my own mantra, so I'm going to try to give you a little bit of insight for everything, and hopefully not give you that much when it comes to obvious picks, which you could say Trevon Walker wasn't obvious, but if you kept update with, you know, his stock and also Vegas, this was not unexpected. So what's going on, everybody? High Voltage with Dele. Of course, I can't forget the name of podcast, and of course, it is your host, Dele. So let's get right going in here, okay? So... The main thing about this draft that I took away from it is that the cornerbacks I thought went way too early, right? Stingy Jr. out of LSU and Sauce Gardner. I, I thought they were going to go like in the mid, you know, five, six, seven range. Instead, they go back to back three and four. And I think you, they were like Texans. I don't know what the hell the Texans did. Okay, they, uh, I'm going to get into winners and losers towards the end of it. I would take Sauce Garner before the LSU guy. And then I think the Jets just took Sauce Gardner too early because they were afraid the Giants were going to take it. So I, I, I could have had that in my calculations. But anyway, let's get into just pick by pick here. Javon Walker, first, uh, first overall pick. I didn't know that he's versatile. Like he could play defensive tackle, defensive, and he could be a linebacker. So, I mean, he he's a, he's a guy where... It just showed you how great Georgia was. Like, it's not even just Walker. You know, you got a whole bunch of Georgia guys. I think six of them got taken in the first round, maybe five. And N'Kobe Dean was one of them. I don't know how N'Kobe Dean fell out of the first round. And Malik Willis, it's it's just a shame. How you got two talented players, and it's weird. None of the none of the quarterbacks went in the top 10. None of them went into the top 15 or the top 19. How surprising was that? Like, I thought someone was going to climb on in. You know, maybe the Saints. I thought the Panthers might have gone with Pickett. I know that Rule loves Kenny Pickett. Malik Willis, I'm kind of surprised. Now they're viewing him as a Derek Carr because it's the second round. That's very shocking to me. Very shocking to me. And and you might say, you were just talking about the Jaguars. Yeah, I know. But that was surprising. And because I'm just talking about the whole first round here. The top 10 of the first round. I just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that quarterbacks just kept falling, kept falling, and then the Kobe Dean around the 1920 range kept falling. So I just mentioned him because of Georgia, and then when it comes to Willis, I, I just have both of them as a loser, which I don't know what they did. I don't know what else they could have done differently. And I understand when it comes to Georgia, you know, you're going to have some negatives because there's just so many positives. Like with Jordan Davis, did he play that many steps? The Eagles thought because. Uh, they had to rotate. They just had that much of an incredible talent on the roster that you couldn't just give it out to one or two players, that you had to rotate between five or six players, which is understandable. You want to develop as many kids as possible. That's part of your responsibility at a university. But here's the thing. Okay, so again, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I got that off my chest, that the quarterbacks that I thought were, that were going to be taking the first round, I thought Matt Crowd could have gone in the, towards the end of the first round. He didn't go at all, which shouldn't be that much of a surprise, and I'm fine with that. But the quarterbacks, I mean, only one, I couldn't believe that. There were quarterback-needed teams, so many, Carolina being one of them. Atlanta, you could argue, being one of them. The Saints, I understand, but they're also, they're in the long term, they need somebody. And, and, and at least the Steelers did take somebody. I, I'm happy about that because they needed one that's not named Mason Rudolph. Like, we're, we're way past that. And there's just, you know, there's a whole 
bunch of teams I, I'm not even thinking about right now because there's a lot to talk about. But there are a lot of quarterback needy teams long term that need someone like maybe the Vikings. They didn't take Malik Willis. And Macron, I'm like, yeah, that's a bona fide second round pick. But not Willis. I think he really could be a franchise changer with learning under a Kirk Cousins, for example. But let's get back to the fir- uh, first round. So it's not a surprise. Javon Walker going to church. Are they a mess up? I mean, he was. Um, I don't know if this is Mel Kuypers. I don't know if this is just ESPN, but he was ranked second overall, so they didn't mess up there. That's I thought it was pretty much an easy pick for them. And then Aiden Hutchinson, I thought at first when I'm not big into college football, I'm not really big into that much college sports unless you're talking about the bowl games, unless you're talking about you know the, the championship game, March Madness. I'm really not into college sports that much. When it, But I knew this guy's name, and I'm like, oh, that's a bona fide number one pick right there you know like that's pretty pretty obvious but then of course you hear about this georgia guy and it's not surprised that he just goes to two and it makes sense the lions they play in, uh, in michigan he went to michigan so there's really nothing wrong with this one but yeah he was ranked number one overall and they do they the lions do need game changers and now they actually can have someone that can sack Aaron Rodgers because they're the, ever since nagamakan sue left you know I, I can't really name that many people that play for the Detroit's defense now Again, Derek Stingley Jr., I don't know what the Texans are doing here. I mean, he, he was still ranked in the top 10, but I do think Garner was the way to go. Maybe it was a, a, a scheme fit that I'm missing because I'm not great when it comes to scheming at all when it comes to football. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, the Texans, man, what are you doing? You know, you got to choose the best player available. Again, maybe fit matters. But this signaled to me that they were not going to have that great of a night evaluating and the fit matters. It always does. But corners should be able to play in the slot or on the outside or play this. I don't even know exactly how scheme would impact a corner. You still need them out on the field guarding. Maybe not guarding, but covering the best receiver. So I, so I, it kind of signaled to me that they were going to have a long night. And, and, or maybe just their front office is messy because it's just a messy organization. Just haven't gone through the Deshaun Watson situation. And I just didn't like this pick that much even though they do need it i mean they need a whole lot guys i thought they were going to go with evan neal of alabama but i'm going to get to him in a second but again it just signaled to me that it was going to be a long night for them and then of course sauce garden going to the jets this was a great draft for the jets and this signaled right there that yeah like i said earlier they thought the giants were probably going to pick him and i guarantee you they, they, they're like we got our guy and we're most likely going to get our guy as well if, if there was just a lot of teams with multiple first-round picks in this draft, Eagles, Giants, Jets, Packers, the Saints, it's yeah, the Lions had turned out, Chiefs, I think, they, they, were, they were a lot. And the Jets really took advantage of it, and it started off on a high note, getting a corner and really revamping that defense because, of course, their head coach was a former defense coordinator, and they just had to focus on that side of ball and then eventually of course they get a wide receiver but focusing on the Giants they picked at five and then they picked at seven with Akima Aku going at six to Carolina a really good pick I mean it, it's I don't know what the difference is between him and Evan Neal but still ranked at three ranked at four they the Panthers need to I don't know who the quarterback's going to be but whoever it is they're going to have to be protected by their left or right right tackle. And so that's a really good pick. From, again, I thought it was going to be Pickett. The quarterback does matter over the O-line. I mean, when you have no quarterback, what's the point of the O-line? But if they really do believe in Sandon, which I don't know why they should, then, yeah, at least you have a foundation piece for years to come. And, and, and you could figure out the quarterback position maybe through a trade, Maybe Jordan Love, I mean, is, is out there. Maybe you try to trade up with with the Buccaneers and and not even risk it to get um to get Malik Willis because the Bucks theoretically could actually get Malik Willis as his Brady successor. So you never know what the Buccaneers might do the first pick up the second round. So that is something else to watch. But yeah, number five, Kevon Thibodeau. I mean, his stock kind of fell little by little, seeing that he was inconsistent, but he is a game changer. And the Giants need game changers like I just talked about with Detroit. So this was a no-brainer of a pick. And I, with him, there's a lot of guys I was actually pretty close on. I thought he was going to go to four to the Jets, which then I still thought that, you know, they could have um, 
potentially gotten no the Giants I had them getting Sauce Garner but of course like I said that the, the Jets played it right in thinking they so essentially I, it's it's swapped I thought the Jets wouldn't get Thibodeau the Giants did and I thought the Giants were going to get Sauce Garner and the Jets did and then of course I thought Icky you know was going to go to the Giants at five but instead they picked Evan Neal which I had going to the Texans because again I know they have what's the what's his name Tussle but they eventually cleared up uh, the interior with their mid-round pick, which I didn't think they were going to go that route. I haven't gone. But either way, I'm not going to want to focus on my mock draft because it is really tough figuring out, you know, who's going to pick at what place and, and the uh, predicted pick on IFL.com really good. But it just has you selecting. It just tells you the team and team needs, but you just pick upon where the player is going to be picked regardless of the team because you've you think you don't know you can't anticipate all the trades so i'm looking at my thing i'm looking at what actually happened and i'm looking at the draft trades to which yeah there were a lot of them i'm going to get to them when it comes to at least the wide receivers i can't give you every single trade we'll be here all night but yeah again timono neil real it was just a solid first seven picks of the draft and, and again you if you wanted to base thingly that's fine i thought he might have gone to like seven if i'm like ranking it based on talent but yeah again really solid the first seven picks there now getting to eight with drake london going to atlanta this was kind of surprising to me I, I i didn't think london was the best receiver in the draft but yeah they definitely needed wide receiver you know like if i were to choose i thought you know james and williams even though he has an intro i thought he was going to be the first one and then i thought jake london was going to go i thought what 17 you know maybe to the um, chargers uh, like n- never you, you can't help yourself but get more help for for Justin Herbert. If they evaluate, I guess it's not that big of a difference between Olave, him, Williams, and Garrett Wilson. But still, either way, it was a fit, uh, and, and they're going to have for years to come. I don't know if Mario is the long-term quarterback. They, they could have argued Pickett or Willis here because, again, Mariota is not going to be the long-term, but at least they don't have to worry about uh, Kavon um, Calvin Ridley anymore, Julio Jones. It was just they've had they had a great duo, and they were going to have to build it from the ground up. So credit to them that I I, I really wish they addressed the defensive side of the ball because they just never had good defense. It's been a long time since they since they did, and maybe it's during that Super Bowl run that they did. But then the offense, you know, they I know the one guy left their wide receiver core to go to the Buccaneers. In which he wasn't really that great of a wide receiver anyway. But I'm just like, you had Jarvis Landry out there. You have Odell Beckham Jr. out there. You have Julio Jones out there. I know Atlanta's not going to re-sign Julio. But you got to make some move for, on the defensive side of the ball. And if I'm Atlanta, I'm, I would get a wide receiver somewhere later. And, and there's a lot of great, or even the O-line, if they need O-line help. And, and or you got Jordan Davis out there. You know, he went to Georgia, homegrown. So I, I was... A little bit disappointed and a little bit surprised about which receiver they took. But yeah, they did need a wide receiver. And if they think it makes sense, then that's fine. But uh, that's another organization I'm like, uh, I'm not sure if I trust them. Let's see. Seattle here, Charles Cross. I actually had Charles Cross pretty close. I thought he was going to go to a land the pick before. But yeah, I mean, it, it could have also been Willis. Like, Camp. Seattle's an organization I do kind of trust because they, they've always been. They, they've been in contention, whether when it comes to the Super Bowl days or even in the mix of, like, being in the playoffs. You know, I know have, they haven't won a playoff game in a long time, but Charles Cross, ranked number 10, they, they got him at 9, and might as well build in the pass protection, see if Drew Locke can be something, and then go from there. The o, O-line's been, the O-line, D-line, always two big question marks when it comes to building the team from the ground up and you if you establish that you're most likely going to win the line of scrimmage so it's a fine pick it's a good pick i would also just question you know what what about corner i had them having uh taking stingy in this one of course he wasn't available but just i guess this was their second need and definitely a good pick there garrett wilson so they only address the defensive side of the ball. They get yet another Wilson on the offensive side of the ball. He's ranked sixth overall, the clearly the best receiver in the draft. Really 
nice pick there, and they actually continue to do so. And as you can tell, I have the Jets being a winner from this draft. And then the Saints, Chris Olave, another Ohio State wide receiver back to back. He, this was a fine pick. I actually had Olave going to the Saints with their if they didn't trade with Washington. So this was Washington's original pick, and they traded up from I think it was 16. I think it was, and I have to admit, you know, what is Washington? You could actually question what's Washington doing. They got drawn Dyson, and they pa- basically passed up drafting Olave. They basically passed up drafting on James and Williams, and they get. They get, you know, some third, fourth. They get some mid-round picks, but they essentially get the same position. And so I'm kind of questioning, yeah, those mid-round picks could be fine and all. I'm not sure if you are nece- if you consider yourself to be in a rebuild because that's when it, well, it's, it's really valuable to have as many picks like the Texans in which they did make a trade with the Eagles coming up. But getting all those picks, I'm like, you could if you are if you want a receiver, and which Dotson's a, uh, is a reach. Dotson's the 25th ranked guy. You get him at 16. If you're going to get a wide receiver, why not get Olave? Get Williams? Or do you just not trust when it comes to the injury with Williams? And which yes, he he went to Detroit, so I might as well just spoil that right now. 13th ranked, and he goes to 12. So really good pick by Williams, and it, you very solid job by the Lions. They did not mess up. I have them as a winner only because they didn't mess up their draft picks. But when it comes to Olave, I'm like you basically pass up a chance on two great wide receivers. You get Dotson, which is fine. He's a good guy, but. You know, you could have gotten a better player here, but you selected someone more of need, and you passed up on someone that was way better because you traded the pick. I just didn't get that. I really didn't. But good job by the Saints. And then, of course, I already talked about Detroit. So now 13, Eagles trade with the Texans, trade above the Ravens, to which they get Jordan Davis. And I'm like, I actually had Jordan Davis going to Baltimore. So if they really want Jordan Davis, this was a great move by the Eagles to assure them of, yes, we get ourselves Jordan Davis of Georgia. Here's the problem. I would have actually seen that the Texans get their guy, Kenyon Green, offensive guard, in which then I thought they were going to get Neal with their third overall pick. Instead, they get the interior so, I forgot about Tunsil. If they didn't have any guards, then yeah, Green would be a better guy. He's not ranked that high. as a little bit of a reach. But still, I would I would say that's a fine job by the Texans. Not great. They could have they could have traded down again. Maybe they get someone else and try to trade back into the first round. Or maybe they get a guard early in the second round. Because, of course, they have an early second round pick. But when it comes to the Eagles, I'm like, if you knew who the Texans were going to pick, they already def- selected someone on the, the defensive side of the ball, so you would think they're going to go offense. You you want Jordan Davis. The Ravens might take Jordan Davis, but why not stick with the pick, save those assets, and just stay with Kyle Hamilton? Kyle Hamilton is much of a better need on the Eagles roster than Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis may be the better player, but Kyle Hamilton is more talented, and I would argue a bigger fit than Davis. So I don't know exactly what the Eagles are doing. I'm, I'm like in within terms. Uh, it, again, it's a fine trade. I like it, but I uh, do they just not care about the secondary? Darius Slay, you be on an island. What about the slot guy? What about the outside corner? What about Anthony Harris? What about oh, you don't even have a second safety on the roster? I I don't I don't know. Like again, it's fine. You you resign flex because I don't know why. You get Hassan Reddick on the outside. You bring back Derek Barnett. You you have a good pass rush with with Hassan already. You you sign a linebacker. You already are addressing the linebacker. You're already addressing the interior with with again bringing back Cox. You already have Hargraves. I just I just think I you guys have. A good in, in interior, maybe not great, and now it becomes great. But you have a terrible secondary, terrible safeties, and I'm just like Kyle Hamilton should have not fallen this far. I thought he was going to go to 11 or 12. He was just that talented. Kyle Hamilton is very talented, ranked ninth overall. Jordan Davis ranked 12. So again, they got the player in which they wanted, but is it really the better of, of need? I would say no, and. 
I think the Ravens did the good thing here. I, I don't know if they need a safety. I mean, I listen to radio in Philly, so I don't know what players, what positions the Ravens were thinking about or needed. But they were probably thinking Gordon, uh, Jordan Davis. And they just took the best player available, which was absolutely Kyle Hamilton. So it, it was, I think that's one of the steals of the night. And I saw an article that said people are going to talk about how do we let Kyle Hamilton slip this far. It's because you have all the wide receivers going. It's because of this offseason. You got Devontae Adams having his massive contract. You have Tyreek Hill with his massive contract. You have, now you're going to have A.J. Brown, in which the Eagles traded away that pick. And I might as well talk about that momentarily. You have, you know, Marquise Brown. You have Debo Samuel demanding a trade with, uh, and also a whole bunch of money. You have the offseason of the wide receiver. And you have all these great wide receivers going. It just increased the value of receivers. So you have these runs of wide receivers. Three straight wide receivers from 10 to 12. Dotson with 16. Burks with 18. And, you know, teams that actually needed a wide receiver, the Packers and the Chiefs, they couldn't even, there was just nobody left. Nobody. But still, Jordan Davis goes to the Eagles. Another Georgia player taken. And then Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. Great players. Bomb thinking. I think they should have been swapped and and maybe depending on if the Texans didn't trade I think they still would select a key on green they need to go offensive and fix that interior so there's 13 14 15 for you right there and then I talked about Dotson already a little bit from Penn State he goes to Washington he's with Gwen so a lot of people are probably not going to like him now but yeah like I said I don't know why they traded down only to select the same position I mean I understand getting more assets but do you really need to you're trying to win now get the best players that are at your in the palm of your hands and don't try to get the most players because you're not a rebuild. You're not in the Texans. You're not with the Jets. Like you really should try to win right now, especially when you have Carson Wentz. You just trade for him, which of course the Colts don't have a pick in here because they traded away Carson Wentz, and the Eagles did a lot with that pick. In which you know I just mentioned it. They traded for AJ Brown. What a huge deal. I mean, it, we're, I just mentioned. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams add A.J. Brown to this. I know he's not as good as those two, but he's definitely a top 10, maybe 12, like in terms of, I guess, fantasy football. And they trade away that 18th round pick. I think it was the same one they used for to get uh, to get from when it came to Carson Wentz. And also a fourth round pick, so they didn't touch uh, 2023 first round picks, which is really good on their part. And they get A.J. Brown, to which then they signed him to a massive contract, a hundred million, four years, and he's young. So I understand, you know, you you are finding that receiver. You're trying to forget the fallouts from DK Metcalf, which a lot of teams didn't pick him. So it wasn't just the Eagles, but a lot of fans called that pick out. Like, why didn't you pick Metcalf? Oh, it's because of the neck. But look at him now. And then also Justin Jefferson, which was an absolute disaster, in which you wouldn't have to trade first round pick if you just made the right pick instead of Rager. But people can forget now you guys have A.J. Brown paired up with Devontae with Dallas Goddard. Miles Sanders can catch the ball a little bit. And it's and also Chris Waskins. But it's going to be a really good tandem. And it's not going to be it's not going to be one of the best duos because again I'm not sure if I'm a huge Devontae Smith fan. Mostly because of his size and maybe it's because maybe it has to do with Hurts, I guess. But I will definitely say that it was a great trade for the Eagles. And the Titans, I guess they disrespected him. I heard A.J. Brown's like, oh, it's not my fault. They, they gave me a low offer. So I I can't blame him. Can't blame him. And just it's, it's just money coming out of thin air. Like the Eagles, I was oh, they have a low cap. They have a low cap. They paid him. But, but some, I guess they found money. They paid him. So really nice trade. Uh, it's weird though that oh yeah you, it, it, this is almost like a philosophy now oh if we trade our star wide receiver let's just pick a first round pick on a wide receiver like I'm like they, they got Robert Woods this past offseason I feel like they drafted someone else a year or two ago they had to feel like oh that with that pick the, the 18th overall that we gotta select Traylon Burks to which I'm I'm not a huge fan of him. I've heard you know oh it's just all about speed I gotta use a guy that has hands. What's the point of having speed with no hands? And so hopefully he is a good fit, but we'll we'll see. I mean, it did work out for the Vikings. They traded the same pick away for uh and for Stephon Diggs, and with that pick they selected Justin Jefferson. So maybe it does work out, but 
man, that they do. Tannehill's going to be like, why are you giving me Burks? Is and like, oh, we traded Adrian Brown. You did what? So a lot going on there, and I'll get to Marquise Brown in a second. But let's get back to the NFL. 17th overall for Zion Johnson. I don't know a lot about him, but yeah, if you need to protect Justin Herbert at all costs, and I know they're not in the same place as Cincinnati was, but yeah, Herbert, you don't want to, to get sacked over and over and over again, and that's going to be a sack division, so you need that quarterback to be upright and not have him be hurt. And then, like I said, 18th overall was uh, Traylon Burke, so that's, an, I mean, he he was ranked 24, but we just talked about the run on wide receivers. And so it kind of it's kind of like I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of him, but there really wasn't anyone else, and they did have a sudden need for obviously because they traded away AJ Brown. And I'm kind of thinking on the Titans part, just to wrap up the trade, it's like when did you realize that you're you you had this trade demand from AJ Brown because it's weird that all of a sudden okay you know what let's trade him. Right now, during the NFL draft, like you didn't give yourself enough time to get the best package. You only got a one and a four. Could have been maybe one and a three if you gave yourself more time to leverage and then get other teams involved. That's kind of questionable on the Titans' part. But either way, they made a quick move and they like Burks and great, but maybe they could have focused on, you know, having the best package available rather than. Like just oh, and like having these conversations, and then like oh, you you, you don't want to be here, okay? Well, I guess we will trade you to the team that's just willing to call and see what happens. But either way, that's neither here or there or my field because uh, I guess I'm not a general manager. But yeah, Trevor Penning for the Saints, a good pick by them. So I do think that with the two picks, they did have a lot of a Penning. They did that they did win. I actually had them going, Penning going to the Saints, but I I just swapped it. With um, with Olave, so I had Olave going nineteen. I had Penning going to sixteen, where that was the original Saints pick. So I was kind of I was right that I thought Olave and Penning was going to end up with the Saints. It was just a matter of where they're going to go in the draft, and I, and this is a, a good pick for them. I mean, you know, they my my New Orleans friend, you know, he's not from there, but he's a Saints fan, and don't ask me why. But he's a huge he's a huge Saints fan. And he, that's just Saints. They just love offensive line, and they have a great defense. So they focus both picks on the offensive side of the ball. Love it. And, yeah, you have to pair up with Michael Thomas. Yeah, you got to protect James Wins. It just made sense. Now it's just a matter with that tight end because I'm not sure you really should trust a quarterback playing tight end. And then you have Kenny Pickett, the only quarterback to go in the first round. I still cannot believe that. And it's with small hands. Small hands. I get it. He's homegrown, nearby, next door, whatever you want to call him. Because that's literally the last part is what they actually did call him. Yeah, he's just right next door. I wouldn't influence, you know, like, oh, he went to Pitt, so, and we're in Pittsburgh, so let's just pick. I'm not sure that's the right logic when it comes to the whole deal and the whole risk of your franchise at the hands of, uh, of, your, of the balance there. But sure, if you want to go with that logic, yeah, that's fine. Be my guest. But the point is, is that Kenny Pickett, at least I think he's going to have a better trajectory than Mason Rudolph. I think that's for sure. But then Trubisky. Why would you sign Trubisky when you kind of had a feeling, or maybe, maybe they didn't know. Maybe he, they didn't know how far Pickett was going to go. Maybe Trubisky was going to be the backup plan. Either way, I kind of feel bad. I do think Trubisky should have gone to the Giants compete with Daniel Jones, with Dable as his head coach, because Jones sucks, and he needs competition. Tyrod Taylor's not going to give him that much comp- competition. And Trubisky crashy could start. But in, in Pittsburgh, Pickett actually is the quarterback-ready guy, and he actually could get the can get the starting job. So I really do feel bad for Trubisky. And when it comes to Pickett, I get it. Pittsburgh went to Pitt, but we'll see with, that, with those... Small hands, I know he can run, but I'm just like, is he really even going to like, first of all, the weapons there? And then second of all, you know, if if they are going to bench him, which I think is the right move, maybe you you actually start your biscuit the first year. I mean, you did pay him that money, so you might as well see what you could do right now. And plus, Pickett's probably not the, he may be quarterback ready, but he may not be ready to win. Right now, Trubisky has actually been to the playoffs. Believe it or not, he has he has he's had one or two good seasons in Chicago, and he's been to the playoffs. I don't think he's won any. Yeah, he actually been to the playoffs twice. 
against the Eagles with a double joint game. So one could argue that he could have won that game. And then, of course, lost to the Saints in the wild card. So he's been there twice. If the Steelers want to, you know, they have a great defense, they need to win, and they need to win right now with Trubisky. Kenny Pickett can learn from that maybe in year two, maybe in year three, and then it could be smooth because they only gave Trubisky a two-year contract. So I do really think Kenny Pickett, you'll see him some point during the se- during the season if he struggles. But if Trubisky has a good year like they paid him to be, then it will most likely be in his second year. And just learn from him. Just learn from him because even though he's not a great quarterback, there can still be a lot of things that you can learn just based on his experience and what he's gone through, the ups and downs of being a top pick in the NFL draft. And then you had two teams that wanted to draft a wide receiver, the Chiefs and the Packers. They didn't because of you know the, all the receivers that... I mean, Christian Watson's a good wide receiver, but he's not a first-round receiver. So it was a really good job by the Chiefs, by the Packers sticking to their board and not selecting on need and just getting the best available, which Trent McDuffie was a really good pick for the Chiefs and they, they always got to improve on defense because their offense with Mahomes no matter what is going to be fine and I don't, they got Juju Smith, they still have Travis Kelsey you know, their running backs can catch the ball their offense is going to be just fine, their defense needs improving, not only because you know, they, they they did lose to the Bengals in the Chalmers Championship, but because it doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, and also you're going up against Herbert, Devontae Adams, and Russell Wilson, to which, you know, the and the ASC West is very stacked, so you got to prepare for that. So really nice job by Kansas City there. And then you also have, you know, Cray Walker from Georgia. I didn't get this. I mean, again, I'm not... I, I was a Packers fan. I'm really disgusted, and I'm not surprised with this pick. Really... Really not, and I understand again why they didn't choose a wide receiver. You, and, and the, you could even call it an excuse, but you, there's no reason you should select select Christian Watson. Like it would just be a reach. When it comes to Quay Walker, however, I just don't understand why they chose him over the Kobe Dean over Devin Lloyd. And my one friend said, and he keeps up with like the draft. It's like they want size. And I understand you don't want a small linebacker, which Nicole Dean was. Here's the problem. Craig Walker, 6'4", 241 pounds. Devin Lloyd, 6'3", 237 pounds. Devin Lloyd's the better player. Craig Walker is not. Utah, I understand, is not that great of a school compared to Georgia. But if you're talking about size, go with the talent. Go with what the scouts told you. Go with what the consensus told you. Because more often than not, I would assume they're right when it comes to the first round. Cray Walker is a guy that's ranked 31. He got picked 22. Devin Lloyd is ranked 20th. Inside linebacker. Cray Walker also inside linebacker. So you also could have an outside linebacker. And I know they're not exactly the same thing. So I'm not a huge fan of that pick from the Packers. You missed out on Devin Lloyd because you, you just you just like this guy's size and maybe just he's a better run defender like come on Devin Lloyd's a better player and you can help him become better when it comes to the other thing that he's not good at which Devin Lloyd's a great pass coverage guy but you can make him a better runner guy because what's just mainly just tackles so come on uh and then the 23 pick which was you know bouncing around a little bit Arizona had it traded away to, uh, to Baltimore for Marquise Brown which I'm reading up some stuff here he wanted to get traded. Marquise Brown was not happy in Baltimore, wanted to get traded, and it made sense that he went to the Cardinals just in the fact that he's had a relationship with Kyler before, and the GM scouting Kyler before he took him realized who the speedster was and was unable to trade for him when he was falling back in the draft because Kyler and Marquise Brown, teammates of Oklahoma, went uh, in the same draft in 2019, and unfortunately, the Cardinals selected Kyler and just was unable to trade to get him later when he was falling to 25 to Baltimore. So it made sense that it's at some point he would come back to Arizona. But at the same time, I'm just like, you don't need a wide receiver. They have DeAndre Hopkins. You have A.J. Jones, AJ Green. You have Rondell Moore. You have Zach Ertz. You have Andy Isabella. Like, you don't need a wide receiver. And if you're doing this for the quarterback, I'm sorry. That's just that's just really soft on your part. And I could call you more names, but I'm not. And when it comes to Baltimore, 
I get it. The guy's unhappy. He wants to trade. You get a first-round pick to which, you know, it's uh, just a few moments later after this pick, they get Tyler Lindbaum, which is it helps their offensive line. You get It gets tackle, and it's a, a good pick, good pick, but it does wonder what, what are you doing to Lamar Jackson because you got to give him something. You know, Mark Andrews now is all by himself with, with Rashad Bateman. You got to give him, are you going to sign Landry? Are you going to sign Odell? Are you going to sign Julio Jones? What are you going to do? So the Ravens had really good picks. I actually considered them a winner, but this was something that was highly questionable. Makes sense because he demanded a trade, but you got to get a receiver and, I, and they probably will address that. I kind of do trust the Ravens and what they do. I mean, they did find Lamar Jackson with the last pick of the first round. And you have to give them a lot of credit when it comes to questionable stuff. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt. And we'll see going forward what they do. But with that 23rd pick, they trade that to Buffalo, get some more assets. And they get clear at Lamb, which they need a corner. He's from Florida. 32nd rank, but they probably the best corner available, I would think. So really good on their part to address a need and not having to go that far because, of course, that will take a whole lot more assets. And then Tyler Smith, this was questionable. A lot of people are saying, like, this guy's handsy. You know, he, he always gets penalties. They they did need tackle, but there probably were better options in terms of, like, better overall. And, you know, people were saying, why not down line? Why not the Kobe Dean? You know, Randall Gregory, he just left. Also, Jermaine Johnson, I don't know how he fell this far. But they took Tyler Smith, and they're probably like, yeah, we need to protect Dak. He's been through these injuries. You know, we did lose Amari. We need the offense. So they went with the tackle there. And Lindbaum, like I said, goes to 25. He's the center. Goes to the Ravens. And then Jermaine Johnson, I just brought him up. Steal the draft. I mean, you could say that about Kyle Hamilton. But this guy was projected to be top 10. And and, and Hamilton's a top 10 talent, but he he fell because of his his 40. And then when it comes to Jermaine Johnson, I don't know what the, I don't know what happened to him. I, I think the big, the thing I read about him was that a lot of scouts just didn't like his attitude, his persona, like he like he has edge to him, you know, and whatever has you. But he has a good football mindset. He has a good ethic, work ethic. So I don't know what turned off the scouts when it comes to his character. But this was a hell of a pick. And some people were saying, you know, why did the Jets pass him in on four and ten? They got him at 26. They traded, They were able to trade back into the first round. They got three first-round picks, and they had all these guys in their top 10. Unbelievable. Great job by the Jets. One of the biggest winners in the draft. And you got to give them a lot of credit. This is going to be a huge year, maybe two, maybe three. Might take some time to develop these guys, but they are developing something in Jersey. And it's going to, even though it's not going to be like, oh, Shabam, you know, we create a winner. They are making some really good decisions. And hopefully it's Zach Wilson's time because he's not a rookie. And he really needs to step up and not be the guy who sees ghosts like Sam Darnold was and needs to say, we're leading the charge on something new. So I'm really happy that the Jets were able to make a great draft with ample opportunity, very much worth it. And Jets fans should be happy tonight. They really should be. They should be very happy with what their team did. Instead of all that misery and just talking about the last thing that they had to market, and they still market, is Joe Namath. You know, they actually have something now. It's a bright future. And speaking of another good draft, Devin Lloyd goes to the Jaguars. So they didn't mess up with their first round, uh, first overall pick. They totally were able to trade back into the first round and say, like, why is this guy slipping? Yeah, let's get him. Like, no question. Like, they replaced Miles Jack. They do it with Devin Lloyd. Great job by them. And they get two guys on on defense. Doug Peterson should be very happy about that. And Jaguars also could be another team that's changing the frown upside down and changing their fortunes for the better. And then with the Packers, I actually selected correctly with this pick with Devontae Wyatt awesome from Georgia, so me, I think they were the first team ever to, in the first round, select both guys, whether defense or offense, that goes to the same school, Devontae Wyatt, and also Cray Walker, so that's kind of cool, and you know, selecting guys from Georgia from that defense, from that championship team, not not a terrible logic there, but again, you know, passing up on Christian Walken, uh, Watson, to which I don't think they're going to get him in the second round because they pick like in in the 51, mid-50s range. 
But still, I'm just like, Devontae Wyatt, 23rd ranked. They got him at 28 overall, so he was, he was one of the best players available. And they do, they do, they they always need defense. Their defense just does not show up when it comes to the playoffs, and it, it's questionable throughout the season. Their special teams, I know, is the main part as the reason why the defense played good against the 49ers, but still, like you, they they just need to get younger, and they did with these two picks. So, I'm, so happy that I got this right. But again, pass up on the offensive side of the ball. It makes it really a lot of pressure on them goes into day two and see what they can do and not mess up and not reach like getting receivers that they like, not just like oh we need a receiver so we just you or just sign someone. Sammy Watkins is not going to do it, so sign someone like a Julio Jones, someone proven like a Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. Like even if you have him for the playoffs, Rogers, you know, can actually work with that rather than Al Lazard being. The, the number one, and Randall Cobb is still there, can't believe it, Robert Tunyon's working back from an injury, like, what are we going to do, what are you guys doing, are you just going to run the ball the whole time, because that doesn't really utilize a $50 million quarterback well, and then when it comes to the Patriots, they traded back from the Chiefs, so the Chiefs, when they selected Trent McDuffie, it was because the, the Patriots allowed them to, and they got Cole Strange, which is really weird, he's ranked 77, so we're talking about someone in Day two, round three, and the Colts, the not the Colts, the Patriots took him 29th overall. I, I'm not sure if I trust Bill Belichick in the first round or you know, like, dude, I, I think he hit on maybe one or two guys. You could even say Matt Jones, he possibly hit on, but this was a very strange pick. So I had to, I had to admit, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of this one. I actually consider them a loser. I mean, they gain assets, you know, whatever, but with their first and only pick of the first time, like this guy. I mean, I understand that you needed offensive guards, but I mean, I, I can't even look up right now the best available. And yeah, there's not a lot great ones, but you know, there is some good centers, some good tackles, and I guess they just weren't versatile. But still, you probably could have waited a little bit, and you're telling me, oh, we had to take this guy down because he's just incredible. I'm not sure about that. You probably, probably could have gotten someone else. I heard, you know, why trade down when you need McDuffie? Really good point. I mentioned that already with Washington. So that's it's questionable, very questionable. And with Bill Belichick's history, they they mostly just got they they're a team of veterans and win with Bill Belichick. We're talking about draft pick, and he hasn't really done a great job developing. With the example being when it comes to um, Nikki, oh Nikhil Nikki, 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 Harry from Al, I think it's Alabama. I think I think it is. Wide receiver, and it just never panned out with them. So it, it just shows the history that Bill Rogers does doesn't do great when it comes to wide receivers. But George Kafas, uh, Daxon Hill, Lewis Klein round out the first round. To which George goes a defensive end, ranked thirty seven, a little bit of a reach. But I actually had him going to the Chiefs. Uh, I think in, in, in I think around twenty six or twenty five. Forget what pick it was. The original Chiefs pick that they had. But yeah, they did need, you know, edge rusher and again focus on defense, not focusing, not reaching on wide receiver, but focusing on defense. Not uh, pretty solid and there's nothing much more the Chiefs could have done, but now they could develop and really have a solid pass rush and a solid secondary because of the back end of the first round, which was still a lot of great talent. And then with Daxon Hill with the Bengals at 31, really good pick here. He kept slipping and slipping. He was ranked 18. I'm not sure they need a safety. They did franchise Jesse Bates. Uh, Mike Hilton is a slot corner, so you could argue they needed two safeties to fit their scheme. Really nice pick here, and they didn't go online. A lot of people say, like, oh, they're going to draft O-line. They signed O-linemen. They could focus now on defense because they did give up a good amount of points to the Rams in the Super Bowl. Really nice pick there and not caving to the pressure of, like, oh, we had to protect O-line because you already did that, spending money. And then Klein's another safety. A little bit of reach by the Vikings. I thought they could have traded down. Maybe they could have selected Malik Willis. Uh, with Kirk Cousins not getting any younger. But instead, they reach with a, a 40 point 41 ranked safety which uh, overall and he, and he plays safety so it's not terrible and I understand Harrison Smith not getting younger he's uh, Klein could be the future also goes to Georgia so not gonna you know call him a bum or anything but that basically rounds out the first round and I understand going over 45 minutes not it's a difficult task not gonna lie it's a very difficult task 
But the main thing I just wanted to just mention and just round out is the winners and losers before we head out here. So, and I mentioned this throughout, so I'm just going to like just list it out here. The Jets, three amazing picks, in which, again, it's mostly because of Jermaine Johnson, but they didn't mess up with their first two for, uh, first round picks. And then the Jaguars, training back for Lloyd was huge of getting onto the winners here. The Giants and Lions, they just didn't mess up. So I give them a lot of credit. Dysfunctional franchises, and they did well with the picks that they that they had in the top twelve. And the Giants, it was the top seven. The Eagles getting AJ Brown, getting Gordon Davis, which again could have been Kyle Hamilton, but still, a lot of people saw Davis going to the Eagles, and now they get a little bit younger, and they could potentially push out Hargraves and Calix next season. To which the Ravens, I understand they trade Marquise Brown, maybe it's a net neutral, but they do really get great players here when it comes to Limbaum and Kyle Hamilton. They just had to figure out now what they're going to do with say They could just sign Julio Jones, uh, Landry, or Odell, to which actually with the Eagles, I just remembered, speak with that same kind of logic, they get Davis, are they going to sign the Honey Badger? Tavon, uh, he's available. Tavon Matthew, Tavon Matthew is available in free agency. So if the Eagles get Matthew, oh my God, forget what I said. Get Davis. You get the safety. Has a lot of experience. Won a Super Bowl before. I, I, I know money's going to be an issue because that's why he's still a free agent. But I have to admit, if they could get uh, Matthew, oh my God, that that's going to be a hell of a team right there. And people can finally shut up in Philadelphia and say we actually have a great team rather than say, oh, we have a terrible general manager and our owner colludes without picks. That would be tremendous, and I don't have to hear that much, and I can finally hear more about Phillies baseball because baseball should be the king in this town when it's not football season, but, of course, the Eagles are always brought up here. And then lastly, the winner for these winners is the Saints. I mean, they they had they made two picks, not uh, not where originally it was supposed to be, but they made they got Thomas, another guy that Winston could throw the ball to, and then an old lineman. So really addressing the offensive side of the ball, really great on their part, and and who they did it with. And then the Texans, I just thought they just reached on two of their guys, you know. But it wasn't it wasn't a bad draft. It was just that you could have waited, you could have possibly traded down and still got those guys. And they I know they traded down the Eagles, but still with the green guy, I'm like, you still could have traded down, but with and also Stingley too. You, you, I think they could have selected Sars Garner instead. But again, not a terrible draft. But when it comes to the Texans, kind of showed you know they they're still kind of dysfunction, and I'm not sure. They, they did exactly what they wanted to based on uh, where the draft ended up. And the Patriots, just with the one pick, I'm just like, you traded down, you didn't get McDuffie, you know. It's kind of tough with them because you can always trust in Bill Belichick, but when it comes to the draft, not, not so much. So, and again, the guy that they got, they could have probably gotten um, in round two, maybe three. So they definitely reached, and they traded back when they didn't need to. So that's pretty questionable. On their part, and then the Packers, I don't, I don't actually don't have the Chiefs as a loser because again they have Mahomes, they have Kelsey, they have not not Hill. I was just about to say Hill, Juju Smith Schuster. They they're going to be fine. The Packers, however, don't have any weapons of those caliber. So the Packers, fortunately, really just just a sheer luck loser in just not not training up for a wide receiver or not training for a Marquise Brown or training for a Devo Samuel. You know, whatever the case may be. It's a little bit unfortunate, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. You didn't get the position that you wanted, and especially one that you needed. And everyone else got it before you, so you got no more cookies left in the jar, and it's just unfortunate. The Vikings, they traded down way back from 12 to 32, and I thought they reached on the guy they selected. Did not get Malik Willis. Could have ended the first round with a bang. They didn't. And now Malik Willis and Nicole Dean are losers because of it, which, again, is just really unfortunate. But I will definitely say when it comes to the Vikings, definitely better positions of need and probably other positions that they could have gone with. Like, again, they could have gone to Nicole Dean, could have been, you know, a great steal right there. And I'm just like with the safety, you know, you already have Harris and Smith and you don't want to really keep it. Okay, that's fine. You can have long-term. But the guy you just – you probably want to got selected the pick before you. Don't cave in and say like, oh, we missed out on him. You know, let's just take the next best save. That's that's not the best logic. So I do have the Vikings a little bit as a loser, and they could have definitely caught in different dresses, and I wish they had 
even though, again, I'm not a huge Vikings fan. And then the Cardinals, I had them as a lose because they didn't need to trade for Marquise Brown. Uh, and I understand, you know, they upgraded. But, they, again, I told you, they, they have wide receivers. They I think they're just trying to please Kyler. They could have gotten better in other positions through the draft. Instead, they, they trade away their first-round pick. And I don't know. I mean... It helped out the Ravens a ton, and now it's the Ravens' problem to you know figure out wide receiver. But I will, and I know the Cardinals lost Christian Kirk. I get that, but that doesn't mean that you didn't have a surplus. They did, so a little bit of a shock there by chain for a receiver when they really didn't need to. And I'm just like, you might have done it for the quarterback. And again, like I said earlier, it's just soft. You shouldn't cater to him. So I do have them as a loser, not utilizing the pick when they could have gone defense. They could have gone maybe a, like interior or the tackle. Maybe when it came to no, nah, not the running back. They they James Conner is going to be fine. I know they lost Chase Edward, but yeah, no running backs were taken in this draft. So one uh, one quarterback, one uh, no running backs. Little bit unbelievable how you know like from years past you had a lot of running backs. And or or star running backs that were taking one or two, and then you had many quarterbacks taken, and now in this draft, just like one combined, a little bit unbelievable. But either way, thank you for listening. That's really it, and I hope you know you enjoyed just hearing this analysis. I love the draft. I always always will, and I know I wish it was popular and MLB, NBA sort of popular. I hate that I get spoiled by Wojnarowski. I really do. And then hockey, no one cares about hockey. So I know that when it comes to hockey diehards, I know they treat it the same way as the NFL draft. But of course, with the rest of us, we just we just don't. So again, hopefully everyone's doing well. Uh, I know it's been a while since with sports updates, but I figured you know with a little bit of research insight and just 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 my love and my passion for picks and roster fits and roster construction. And just just the art of fit, like this guy, like I was just talking about the Cardinals, like they have a surplus at wide receiver, but the Packers, you know, need wide receiver, so it would have been more justified to put him on the Packers and not the Cardinals, Marquise Brown. But it doesn't always happen that way, and the Packers just weren't willing, or maybe they, the Ravens didn't want that pick to to get involved with the trade. But either way, you know, it wasn't that quick. I, I felt like it could have been much longer, to be honest. And I'll see you guys soon. Listen to plenty of episodes that we've done in the past and reach out to us or just follow us or whatever you want on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. See you guys later. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at iVoltage with double A.